0: The last video I put up about Hatun Tosh, the evangelist, uh, the former Muslim lady in the UK who disappeared after our last uh, interview with her, uh, she has sent a message saying that she is okay. Uh, sounds like she's in hiding. We don't know all the details, but hopefully we'll hear from more from her. But it sounds like she's alive anyway, and so that's good. Um, so. I wanted to announce that because I know a lot of people are praying for her. So let's talk about what's going on in northern Israel. Uh, The Hezbollah fighters up there have been pretty much getting their heads handed to them by the IDF. Uh, they keep firing rockets uh, across into Israel. Just today, just a, an hour ago, they fired 11 rockets at the town of Kiryat Shimona up in the northern Panhandle. And four of those rockets made impact on the city. The rest were shot down. Uh, and so there was some damage, no injuries that I know of. Uh, but, you know, it's such a nuisance it's more than a nuisance up there. It's a deadly threat to the people who live in those areas and so they've all been evacuated. They can't get um, they can't go back to their homes they can't go back to their work, they can't go back to their schools and they're stuck in hotels all around Israel uh, and they want to go home. Now the IDF has been preparing, as I've been talking about over the last week or so, they've been, preparing to invade Lebanon, to actually go into Lebanon with force to push Hezbollah back behind the Latani River, which is 10 or 15 miles away from the border where where they are supposed to stay. Hezbollah agreed under the last ceasefire that they had that they would not come south of the Latani River, but they immediately uh, did and have set up pretty massive uh, fortifications and things like that Right along the border with Israel. I just put up a video on my locals page that you can go see that shows the IDF striking some Hezbollah infrastructure that is right. You you can see the border fence and you can see the stuff blowing up right behind it. Um, I, if I show it here, they'll demonetize the video, but you can go watch that. Just go to uh, chuckholton.locals.com or just go to chuckholton.com and you can. You can watch that video. But without a doubt, there Hezbollah has a serious presence uh, south of the Latani River. Now, there's another group that, it is, that occupies that area south of the Latani River, and that's uh, a U.N. peacekeeping force called UNFIL. UNFIL stands for the U.N. force in Lebanon. And these are some of the most worthless U.N., agents uh, out of all of the worthless UN agencies out there, uh, they have done virtually nothing to keep the peace since their inception in the 1960s. Uh, They actually, in some ways, uh, kind of facilitate what Hezbollah is doing uh, because they set up bases around right along the border And then Hezbollah comes and fires at the Israelis from right next to those bases so that the Israelis, if they fire back, risk hitting the U.N. peacekeeping force. And so that doesn't work. The other thing we found out just recently is that the UNFIL guys actually have to get permission from Hezbollah to go anywhere south of the Latani River. And so Hezbollah will clear certain routes. Okay, you can drive on this road. And this road, but not on any of these other roads going down there. And the reason they do that is because they don't want Unfil to see the works that they're doing to fortify, uh, you know, the fighting positions and stuff like that that they're putting in along the uh, border with Israel. And so they're like, you know, Unfil agrees to only drive on these certain roads, uh where they won't see anything, and they can say, "Yeah, looks like things are pretty peaceful down here. You know, we're doing a good job." Uh, there was a an incident recently where some of those Unfil soldiers actually took a wrong turn and went to the an area where they weren't cleared to be, and they were surrounded by a mob and attacked, and one of the Unfil soldiers was killed. This is a Irish soldier that was down there, uh, so. The UNFIL is not doing anything to help. They're except wasting money. You know, they're they're wasting lots of, you know, taxpayer money for sure. And they have been for a long time, uh, wasting a ton of money. So, uh, that's exciting. Now, what we saw yesterday, uh, par for the course, Hezbollah fired an uh, anti-tank guided missile into Israel. They've been doing that a lot. They've got a lot of these ATGMs. Okay, so they fired an ATGM at an ancient church in a place called Ikrit. Uh, Now Ikrit has an interesting uh, history. The village of Ikrit was a uh, Palestinian Christian village back in the 1940s. That village was emptied out When the uh, Israelis took over the area, the Christians that lived there were pushed into Lebanon, which is less than a mile away. Uh, Well, about about a mile. They weren't able to come back. They were fighting to be able to come back to their village. And they finally got the Israeli Supreme Court to rule that yes, they could come home, and they could rebuild their village. But the IDF has never yet allowed that to happen. There's some um, concerns I guess they have about that. And there's been a bunch of heartache on both sides about that over the years, talking in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, they've been you know, fighting to try to come back to their village. The only structure that's still standing in that village, for the most part, is the church itself. Now, it's actually a Greek Orthodox church, and the Christians come back to that church and have services there. They had Christmas service there this year, and so they, um, you know, they've been fighting to try to come back to their village. We drove right by that village uh, when we were up there to visit the Maronite Christians shortly before we left Israel uh, a week or so ago, well, a couple couple weeks ago, I guess that was. And while we were up there, we interviewed a Maronite Christian uh, major in the IDF who is there trying to help the Maronite Christians that live in those areas. It's really interesting patchwork of villages along the border up there in the north because you have Druze villages and Druze are um, a a Muslim kind of religion. Uh, They don't call themselves Arabs. Uh, Maronites are Christians that don't call themselves Arabs. They call themselves Maronites. Um, They are, again, they speak Aramaic. The Maronites do the the language Jesus spoke. Uh, There are Jewish villages. There are Arab villages. There are, you know, just all a whole patchwork. So every time you see a village off in the distance, it's hard to know exactly who lives in that village. There were some hints that we were given while we were there uh, on how you can know who is in what village, just by the type of construction that they use, whether or not there's a lot of trees and things like that. Uh, But Without a doubt, the the further north you go, the more there's a mix of Christian, Arab, uh, Jewish, whatever, all kind of mixed together up there. So if you thought that Israel was just a Jewish country, it's not. It's uh, very, very cosmopolitan in that way. and has all these ancient cultures that live in it, uh, and it's pretty fascinating up there. The, the Christians are a very small minority uh, they represent less than two percent of total people in Israel but there's more of them up in the north and these Maronite Christians specifically are uh, they, they speak Arabic in their day-to-day life uh, but in the home and you know they teach their kids at school and stuff uh, Aramaic uh, and try to keep that language alive Uh so there's also these Greek Orthodox Christians up there that have their own culture that's even separate, that's kind of evolved separately from the Greeks themselves. And this particular village of Acrete was a Greek Orthodox um, village, and it had about four or five hundred people living in it. And then, you know, it's empty now. But this church, they have kept the church up, and they even kind of camp out there. They've been fighting to try to get allowed to come back and live there. Every time they try to go back and do that, the Israeli government doesn't allow them. Yeah, they're, we got told about that. There's some Maronite villages up there that are like that as well. Um, it's really, I think it has more to do with security than anything else. They're so close to the border with, um, with, with uh, Lebanon that the IDF feels like it would be a real drain on their resources to try to protect those villages, and they're very exposed to enemy fire up there. So uh, that's my guess of one of the big reasons why the Israelis don't want them to go back and and populate that village. But anyway, the church yesterday was shot with an anti-tank guided missile. There was an 80-year-old man staying at the church, uh, guarding the church, who was injured in that initial attack. Now, this is what we call a double tap. Here's what happened. When the IDF sent emergency services in to rescue that old man and, um, you know, occupy that hill, the Hezbollah operatives were waiting for them to show up. And when the rescue services showed up, they fired again another missile at the same site, and it injured nine IDF soldiers. So a total of 10 people injured, one of them seriously injured, and some damage not to the church itself, but to an adjacent building, uh, a shed or something that was uh, to the side of the church. I'm going to put some video of that uh, up on my locals page